Welcome back to After Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy. We're going to be talking to UFC bantamweight Rob Font. He's taking on 24-1 Douglas Silva D'Andrage this weekend at UFC 213. And we all know Rob Font, he's one of the most exciting strikers, not just strikers, but fighters in the UFC bantamweight division. Always comes to bang, always looking for the knockout. So you know we had to catch up with him before this pivotal matchup at UFC 213. And then we're joined by Jamar Whitehead. We've been interviewing this kid since he was 15 years old on Half the Battle. Now he's 18. He just made his MMA debut. He won via 11-second knockout. Look, this is a kid that went 7-1 in junior amateurs. You know, he's fought in Taekwondo tournaments, wrestling. But now he's finally starting his MMA career. And what a way to make a statement in your first ever fight to go out there and win it by 11-second knockout. And this kid's predicting that he's going to be in the UFC very soon. So, you know, we had to catch up with him. But first up, Rob Font. Here we go. Joining me now is Rob Font. Rob, welcome to Half the Battle. What's going on, brother? How you doing? Doing amazing, man. It's good to have you back on the show. Definitely, man. Definitely, man. I appreciate you having me on, man. Oh, it's my pleasure. So, dude, I see you're uh, doing a little Sunday golf, man. Is that your uh, your favorite pastime? Yeah, man. You know, uh, this man right here, Rico Shula, got me addicted. Uh -oh. You know, he got me addicted maybe about a month ago, so I've been playing every day ever since. Man, if I can't get out to the range, I'll at least, you know, at least get to a golf course or something, you know? Man, what is it about golf that's so relaxing? Because I hear a lot of athletes, and not just athletes, but businessmen, they like to play golf on their off time. What is it about that sport, man? It's just a calm day, you know. It's a, it's beautiful out. You get to get, home, get out with, the, you know, with your friends and just relax and just shoot a couple of balls it's it's a hard game but it's it's easy you know you just, obviously you just got to put the ball in the hole but it's so much that goes to it that it, it's frustrating at the same time but it's relaxing if it make if that makes sense to you it absolutely makes sense to me and look man me and my friends have had this debate for years and now that you're playing golf i need to know your opinion on it man is golf a real sport or is it a game it's huge it's definitely a real sport man it's so much that goes into it like I'm trying not to think too much of it, you know, because you, you got to factor in the wind, the the the, the if it rained, um, obviously the golf course, the the hills, the it's so much that goes into it. But um, yeah, like I said, like it's definitely a real sport. You know, right now, I'm actually in the sand right now. I'm like I'm trying to figure out that shot. So I'm blessed to get the opportunity to figure out the sand shot right now. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a real sport for sure. How's that? Uh, how's that swing coming along? It's getting better, man. You know, like I said, I, I just started maybe maybe a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago. So, like I said, I'm still, you know, you know, still still a rookie, but like it's it's, it's getting a lot better. I'm I'm keeping up. I'm playing, you know, I'm playing 18 holes for sure. So like I'm not like I'm keeping it straight. I'm not going too far left, too far right, and I'm and, and I'm not, you know, keeping the game all backed up. So I'm definitely doing a lot better. Um, and it's just small improvements. Anything I can get, I'm taking, and I'm taking the small wins. Yes, sir. Now, are there any other hobbies that you like doing, man, besides, you know, you're trying to get your mind off fighting? Anything else you like? Not really, man. You know, I play around with bowling a little bit. I play with cards, and not necessarily too many cards. I play, um, you know, blackjack, a little bit of 21, but but that, a little bit of Xbox, you know, uh, 2K, Madden. I've been playing a lot of golf on Xbox lately, so you know, I got the Rory McIlroy. Um, got the golf pro so it's just you know but besides that not too many um besides golf not too many hobbies i mean look man actually it's funny it's funny i tried um 
you know, shooting a little bit of uh, playing with the guns. But when I went to the range, I just didn't. I felt uncomfortable how how loose everybody was just walking around with fucking pistols and, and AK <laughs> shotguns. I'm like, I don't know about this. So I try to play with that, but uh, I think I found my, my my new hobby for sure in golf. Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. And dude, look. Your fight's coming up, and this is a good one, man. It's flying under the radar. You're taking on a guy in Douglas Silva, DeAndrage, and he's one of these guys that's got a boxing record. And what I mean by that is he's 24-1. and one. You don't often see those kind of records in mixed martial arts. I mean, you think of guys, it's funny, all the guys that have records like that are in your weight class. Jimmy Rivera, Tomas Almeida, and now Douglas Silva, DeAndrage. You got the chance to fight him. He's not going to go out there and try to hump your leg. He's going to come to fight you. Are you excited about a fight like that? I'm definitely, you know, that, that's, um, that's a lot of opportunities for me to open up and, and, and you know, um, you know, let my hands go. And like I said, he's, he's, he's kind of under the radar. He has a lot of fights, so it's a lot of experience. So it means obviously he's been there, done that. And, um, you know, it's kind of a good matchup as far as like, he's kind of like the shorter fighter, shorter boxer. So I kind of get the, the Lineker rematch sort of say without actually fighting Lineker, you know, so I get the test myself again against one of those shorter boxers so i'm definitely excited I, I i was actually supposed to make my uh my debut against him um in 2014 but uh he got injured i don't know what what happened with him but he got injured but i i knew about him for i've been knowing about this guy for a while so um i'm, I'm excited that fight's finally happening and um you know i can't wait to uh, put on a show you know um come um january 8th Look, man, you're a professional. I know you train hard for every single fight, but is there added motivation knowing that, you know, you're supposed to make your UFC debut against this guy? And like you said, he does have a similar style to John Lineker. Yeah, definitely. You know, I get to fight, like I said, the shorter Brazilian guy. Um, I get to get in there with a guy that has a lot of experience. You know, um, he's been there. So this is kind of my, uh, you know what I'm saying, my John Lineker rematch. So I'm excited for it. Uh, Once I got the call, I was like, I didn't think twice of it. I didn't even watch video because I watched so much of video on him in uh, 2014. So I knew exactly what to expect. We had a, we already had a game plan for him. Um, you know, Tyson, and my, my, my manager and coach, um, you know, just kind of like made a little bit of tweaks here and there because obviously he got better. Um, and But that was it. That was it. Made a little bit of tweaks here and there and um, got right to it. We did a lot of boxing sparring and, and all the local gyms in Boston. Uh, we got to we, we got to get out to Haverhill and spar those guys. Um, got to get out to Woburn and spar all those guys. So, um, you know, had uh, Kyle Bosniak come in. Um, he's fighting in um, Long Island soon. So we got him coming in. So I had a lot of different looks. And um, I'm confident in this fight, confident in my preparation. And I, I can't wait to put on the show. Now, I want your opinion on this, man. I know you're a guy that studies your opponents. And I have a lot of respect for Douglas Silva DeAndrage. And I'll tell you why. He comes off a two-year layoff and then in his last fight, he goes out there in the Mexico City elevation, which, you know, it's notorious for gassing dudes out early. And he gets a third-round knockout. Were you impressed with that? Yeah, definitely. You know, he was going out there. You could tell they were both tired. He was going out there and, and, and just putting it all on the line and just throwing whatever he possibly could. And he got it. You know, he, he got it done. You know, that spinning uh, back face was ridiculous. Um Anytime you throw, you got a guy throwing spinning back fist at you. It's always, you know, you got to obviously you get your radar up the whole time. So uh, definitely, you know, I got a lot of respect for him. Um, I'm pretty sure he's a cool dude, um, but you know, it's I feel like I, I just got to put my hands on him and put him away. You know, it'd be huge for me to knock him out, and I definitely trying for sure. You know. 
Yes, sir. Now, obviously, like we mentioned, you're a striker. You're known for knocking dudes out. And if you got stand and bang, I'm sure you, you're going to be looking for the knockout. But also, you are the bigger fighter in this matchup. Do you think maybe your wrestling could, could be some tools here if you need to? Yeah, you know, I, I've been working a lot with um, Justin Dwork. He's uh, he's originally from the Bomb Squad. He uh, trained a lot with... Uh, John uh, John Jones and all those guys uh, from the Bomb Squad back in the day. He wrestled at Ithaca. I've been drilling with him. Him and Calvin Cater maybe, uh, say, on, on average, twice a day, but more like, I'm sorry, twice a week, but more like three days um, three days a week, but on average, twice a week. And, um, you know, we, we obviously we we're trying to evolve all the time, so I've been working a lot of wrestling. Um, obviously, the a, a game plan is to keep it up standing and look for the knockout, but if it comes down to it, I need to take him down. I, I definitely feel like I have the tools to do it. Um, he's also a great wrestler, so it's, it definitely is a challenge for me to take him down. But uh, I'm up for the challenge, and I'm, I'm curious to see how it, how he feels in the clinch and in and on the ground. So um, if it hits the ground, don't be surprised because I'm definitely I have that in my you know in my, my my back pocket to look forward to. And real quick, you mentioned Calvin Cater, and how much of a badass is that guy? Because he's got a pro MMA record of you know thirteen and two or something like that. I'm sure someone can correct me, but he's also a fight promoter. You know what I mean? What a badass, right? Yeah. So I actually I, Saturday I was at his show. He had an excellent show. We've been in a great show. He, um, you know, he was promoting the show uh, all week and still training with me the whole time. So you know, he was busy the whole time. I'm actually. Um, Talking about Calvin Cater, he, I'm actually playing with him tomorrow night. I'm sorry, tomorrow morning uh, at a golf course. So uh, that is family owned. So it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a good time. But um, yeah, he's a fucking badass. Um, he'll, he'll, he'll eventually you'll see he'll be in the UFC, no doubt. Um, it, it's funny actually. We were supposed to fight in the local scene for a while. We, we were kind of at, when I was fighting at 45, our names kept coming up. But um, I'm kind of glad I didn't take that fight because he's a stud, man. I'm telling you, like. Wait till you see this guy wrestle. Wait till you see this guy strike. And then his jitsu is always improving. So um, I can't wait for to see what's next for him. But um, he's promoting. He's golfing. He's fighting. And he's, he's one of the best training partners I have. So, um, you know, huge shout-out to Calvin Cater. So, man, your last fight, you took on Matt Schnell. He's a very tough, scrappy guy. He's got some speed. And, look, you told me you wanted to go out there, finish him in the first round. That's exactly what you did. Did the fight go as planned, man? I mean, was there anything that you were like, man, I should have done this or that? Or were you just like, yep, that's what I meant to do? Yeah, I mean, obviously we got the finish. But I uh, I took a little bit more uh, punches than I should have. I, uh, I was looking for the uppercut way too much in that fight. I saw something in that uppercut that wasn't really there. Um, but that led to the knee, so it's kind of like a, it's kind of like I can't complain too much because it led to that that um, that knee, that rear knee. So um, you know, uh, I'm happy with it. I'll, I'll say I'll give myself a C plus on that performance as far as like the setup. Um, obviously, the finish was there, so I, I, I got to give myself an A plus on that. But um, as far as setting up the finish, I give myself a C plus on that. But um, he was fast, he was smooth, and um, you know. It was he was tough. You said every time I hit him, every time I hurt him, he just wasn't going anywhere. So I had to keep on him, and um, eventually we got the finish. Hey, so if that's a C plus in your book, that means that we can expect some some serious things down the line, right? I'm trying, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to be the best I can. And um, like I said, like if you look, if you break it down, like I said, I got I got hurt. I'm mean, not hurt, but hit, but a lot of uh, uh, check hooks that I shouldn't be getting hit with. And um, maybe if I was a 35er, it could have been a lot different, you know. So um. Obviously, I know what it was. I fought a 25er, and um, 
And so the speed was different, but the power wasn't there, and I can feel that, you know. So um, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to, like, you know, gas myself up as far as, like, okay, I got hit, but it didn't, it didn't hurt me. Like, I fought a 25 it's, It shouldn't hurt me, you know. But um, but besides that, the setup, once I figured out the setup it, and I got it, I, I put him down and I, I stayed on top of him. That's what I'm more um, proud about, and um, that's what I'm looking to do um, come this fight. And before I let you go, Rob, on the same card that you're on, Yoel Romero's fighting Robert Whitaker. I mean, isn't that just an unbelievable matchup? I mean, who, who do you give the edge to, man? That's a huge fight. You know, Robert Whitaker is coming off a huge win over Jacare. Nobody beats Jacare, in my opinion. I love Jacare. He's the man. Um, I try to base my jiu-jitsu off of him. Obviously, it's not that easy. But um, his game is ridiculous. But uh, Robert Whitaker has nothing to lose, so it is tough. But I... I gotta go with uh, with your, your um, Romero because uh, you know he, he's so explosive, so experienced. I feel like this is his time, and um, at least give him the decision, if not the, the finish in the second round. Well, Rob, it's going down this Saturday, UFC 213. You and Douglas Silva, Deandraj, it's gonna be an unbelievable battle. How's it gonna go down, Rob? In my opinion, I, I'm hoping for that second round finish, but um, I'm down for the three round war, and I have the cardio and the conditioning to. To push that pace for the three rounds. So, um, but look for that second round finish for sure. Well, Rob, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's been a pleasure as always. Let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you want to tell the fans. Go ahead, man. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, I'm on uh, Twitter at Rob S. Font, um, Instagram at Rob Font, and um, Snapchat at The Font, T H A F O N T. And, um, you know, look, look forward to fireworks. You know, this guy brings it. I feel like I bring it, and um, I'm, trying, I'm trying to steal the show, trying to win that bonus, and um, you know what I'm saying? Make sure to look out for me. Rob, thanks again for the time, man, and best of luck in the fight. Oh, man, appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Joining me now is the man coming off the 11-second head kick knockout, Jamar Whitehead. Jamar, welcome back to After Battle. Thank you, man. Good to be back. Oh, man, it's great to have you back. So, I mean, dude... What a way to make your MMA debut. I mean, look, if you would have went to a split decision, I would have been proud of you. If you would have won by DQ, I'd be proud. You won via 11-second head kick KO. How does that feel, man? Yeah, and it feels, it feels almost unreal, honestly. You know, you dream about a moment like this since I was like 12 years old, you know? So, that's years just for 11 seconds, you know? It's kind of unbelievable. Man, and I mean, we got to preface this by saying that this isn't just another opponent. I know you respect anyone that steps inside the cage. This was a grudge match. I mean, you guys had been going back and forth from the moment the fight got signed and the kinds of things you guys were saying to each other. And I'm not just talking about social media. At the weigh-ins, you give him a, a box of Lucky Charms. You know, at the venue, the day of the fight. Look, I called these fights. I got there early. The day of the fight, you guys are talking shit to each other. You're telling him that you're going to knock him out. You know, in the fighters' meeting, he's asking the rule on slams. The animosity in the mind games was real. And you went out there and performed with flying colors. Did that have an effect on you at all? So, before you go ahead and, uh, before I answer that question, I just want to say, Jack May, my buddy Jack May from Iron Clutch Fitness, he told everybody that I was going to knock him out in the first round with a head kick. You know, he said it, I did it. That's it. I promised him I would do it too, so I'm a man of my word. Knocked him out 11 seconds, just like that. Um, 
So did that have any pressure on me? Is that what you said? Well, no, talk to me about the grudge match, man, because, I mean, this is the first time that I've ever seen, you know, and I know you're a competitive guy. I know you like to talk a little shit and have a little fun, but this was a different level of animosity between you two. Yeah, I would definitely say so, you know. Uh, I was tired of everybody saying, you know, I fight kids, I have no knockout power, you know, I'm an easy fight, you know, I, I'm I'm too big for my head. I, listen, I know for 100% that I train harder than any other guy at 135, 125, even 145. And I say that for pro and amateur. I live in the gym pretty much. You know, I'm there all day, every day training. If I'm not training, I'm training other people, you know. Um. So I feel a little disrespected when people say I have not, no knockout power. You know, this guy said that. He said uh, he has an iron chin. He said I have no chin. I wanted him to test it, but I tested his first. That's it. Knocked him out quick. <laughs> Straight up, man. So talk me through the actual fight itself, Jamar, because, look, it lasted 11 seconds. What I saw was, you know, he tried to shoot. He tried a spinning back fist. You, uh, you snapped down. You almost took his back. You guys separated, and then you threw a head kick. That was from my perspective. Now I want to know from the man that was inside the NFC cage what actually went down there. Well, I'll let you know, man. I knew I won the fight at the weigh-ins. As soon as I saw him getting all loud and him saying he wanted to uh, take it outside, I knew I was already in his head, and that's, you know, I'd say most of this game is mental. I'd say it's 75% mental, 25% physical, you know? I, I knew I got in his head, like I said, at the, before we were, like, when we were warming up, he's trying to, like, mean mug me, walking up and down, you know, holding, <laughs> holding the box of lucky charms I gave him yesterday. So, you know, I knew as soon as I saw he didn't eat him, I was like, man, his luck really did run out. So we went in there. He bull rushed me pretty much, and shout out to Nate Williams. He had me drilling this right before I stepped in the cage. He said he was going to rush me, so we we practiced a, a push kick right down the middle. Sure enough, it worked perfectly. As soon as I hit him with that push kick, he dropped straight to the floor. He underestimated my power, clearly, you know, and my accuracy. I knew everything I hit him with, if you pay attention, right where I wanted it to go. You know, I, I even need him in there. You, can, you can't really tell too well. But I need him in the fight as he's going in for the first takedown that I easily sprawled on, you know? I knew, he, you know, even though he's 54-0, I knew he wasn't going to be able to take me down, you know? A lot of people doubt me. There's one person that doesn't doubt me, and that's me, you know? I proved that, so I'm ready for the next fight. Unscathed, no injuries, clearly. Didn't even get hit. Let's, let's keep it going. And Jamar, real quick, because in case people didn't catch what you just said, this kid that you fought was 54-0 and 0 as a wrestler. One does not simply go 54-0 and 0 as a wrestler. You know, going into the fight, I know you're confident in your abilities, but in the back of your mind, were you at all like, man, what if this guy takes me down? Um, it wasn't what if he takes me down. It was more so if he has the opportunity to, if I, if I give him the opportunity to take me down, what are going to be my escapes to get up? What am I going to use to get up? What am I going to use to submit him? You know? But in the back of my head, I already knew, like I said, there was no way he was taking me down. I have, that's one thing I will say. I have a lot of confidence in myself. And a confident Jamar is an unbeatable Jamar, in my opinion. And I think I proved that on FC 96. So, 
Now, Jamar, we mentioned the psychological warfare, and I want to emphasize on that a little bit, man, because look, because like I mentioned, this was the fight that I had the privilege and the opportunity to call. And so I get there early, right? And you, look, man, you guys are talking shit, you know, at the venue. And, you know, before the national anthem, he stands right in front of you. And then this one was the one that really, you know, made me be like, oh, man, it's it, the heat's real. During the fighting, the fighters meeting, you know, oftentimes you get the rules and, you know, no, no one ever really asks a, a question because you guys all know what you're there for. You guys all know the rules. You know what you signed up for. He had the audacity to raise his hand and ask a question about the slams. And in my opinion, I don't think he asked that because he wanted to know. I think he asked that because he wanted to get into your head. While that was going on, you know, what were you thinking, man? Well, like I said originally, I knew his luck ran out. So I wasn't too worried about it. I knew he wouldn't get his hands on me, which is something else that I predicted. I've said multiple times. Another thing I'm correct on. You know, one of the many that I've predicted on this. Um, like I said, he, he wasn't going to take me down. If anything, I would just shove his head straight into the mat. You know, uh, he, I, honestly, I felt, I felt no threat in that fight. I felt like I was better every single, in every single aspect. Don't get me wrong, though. You know, I, he is, I do respect him a lot. You know, 54-0, like you said, is not easy to come across. 54 and 0 in wrestling. He's obviously he obviously has some skill if he's 54 and 0. You know, a lot of skill, just not my skill. You know, I'm a different breed, and I'm just gonna keep proving that until people stop doubting me. You know, pretty J simple. Jamar, earlier in the interview, you mentioned how most of the fight game really is mental. Now. You prove that, not just, you know, overcoming the war of words, but before your fight, your brother had had a bout, and it unfortunately did not go his way. You know, he suffered a loss, and then you're up right after him, man. How were you able to, you know, kind of put that on the back burner and just focus on yourself? Honestly, if anything, it was just more motivation for me, you know? Uh, there was no way I was going to have two Whitehead brothers losing on one night. Absolutely not, you know? Um, it really does suck seeing my brother lose, but you know what? Like I said, it, it did motivate me. It, it fueled my fire a little bit, you know, it fueled my flame. Um, I just felt I, the way I had to go into the, the fight was this is the guy that just knocked out my brother. You know, that's the way I had to think. If I saw it that way, I knew there was no way I was going to let this guy go. Oh, and two, you know, although it wasn't the same person, obviously. That's the that's the mentality I had to have, um, and in this game, man, it's it's the hurt business, you know. Like like many people say, it's the hurt business. It's either kill or be killed, you know. So, you know, at this point, you know, my if my, if my brother lost, you know, I can't really think about it too much, you know, because I mean, I got to focus on my fight, you know. My fight's important too. It sucks that it happened, but I know for a fact he's my brother, like. You know, he's going to be back guaranteed, 100%. Oh, yeah. He, not only is he going to be back, but a lot of people aren't talking about the fact that Damien's the kind of badass. He took this fight up a weight class. You know, people say, oh, it's a catchweight, this and that. Look, if it's above 136 pounds, that's a featherweight fight, Jamar. Yep. Well, the fight was actually at 140 plus two. So he fought a featherweight. A lot of people don't know, but my brother can actually drop down to flyweight, 125 pounds. That's a weight class that I think he should be fighting. 
this guy was a featherweight, 145, and they met at 140, plus two, obviously, for Georgia's rules. So he took he, he basically fought a featherweight fight as a flyweight. A lot of people, don't, I'm sure a lot of people are overlooking that. I think that makes him look even more like, like more of a, like he's not scared of anybody, clearly, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I, no we know what kind of badass uh, Damien is. Now, look, before the fight, like I, you know, I saw you at the venue and you told me, man, I'm kind of nervous about the fact that I'm not nervous. You know, I feel so calm and. I, now I want to know how that translated. You know, obviously it translated into an 11-second knockout. But what I'm trying to say here, Jamar, is, you know, during the walkout, during your warm-up, I mean, did you start to eventually feel the nerves? I'll give you the entire rundown. When I was in, the, in, the, in my corner room, I was warming up with my boy Walter, you know, Walter McCord from X3. Shout-out to him. He helped me get ready for this, for this, uh, for this fight as well. Uh, anyway, I'm warming up with him. And I'm still not feeling nervous. You know, usually I get some butterflies or something. Nothing's happening at all. You know, I'm just, like I said, it's making me nervous that I'm not nervous. You know, it's weird. I've never felt that feeling before. Um, I walk out of the uh, out of my room that I was in and uh, to see my brother fight. Um, and I look to my left real quick. My uncle tells me, man, look to your left real quick. I look to my left and my, uh, my opponent's just trying to mean mug me. You know, <laughs> didn't make that didn't make me nervous at all. You know, I honestly I didn't get nervous until they were like, "Hey, you're up." So I'm going down there. I'm walking down the stairs, and uh, then the butterflies start to hit me a little bit. And it wasn't even my opponent. I'm like, obviously I'm gonna knock my opponent out. That's all I'm telling myself. You know. So I'm telling myself, you know, like I said, I'm gonna knock him out easy. It's easy money. It's an easy fight. But how 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 well am I gonna look out there? You know. I have a lot of eyes on me, you know, the CFFFC or CFFC champion, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the president of that organization, he was there, Bigfoot was there, Douglas Lima, Diego Lima, I believe, was there. All these big-name fighters, I had to perform, you know. So I was, I was a little nervous just for the performance. As soon as, I got, as soon as I heard my song playing and the beat dropped, man, that venue belonged to me, you know. That was my, that was my time. The cage belonged to me. Everything was for me, it felt like, you know? It showed, Jamar. That, that's all I got to say. Now, look, man, you're a kid that, look, I've known you since you were 13 years old. I've been interviewing you on Half the Battle since you were 15 years old. Now you're 18. You just made, you know, your amateur MMA debut. Look, you went 7-1 and one as a junior amateur. And let's not even talk about all the Taekwondo tournaments, the jiu-jitsu, the wrestling, all that experience. So I got to know, man, what's next for Jamar Whitehead? All right. So, I, like I said, I got rid of the leprechaun quick, like I said I was going to do. First round head kick. I'm waiting on Jack, Jack May to pick up my next, uh, my next prediction, and I'm going to do that as well. So, I'm looking at Callison de Jesus, you know. I want that fight, you know. I know I can get another highlight reel knockout on that one. June Kim, that's an easy, that's a no-brainer. You know, that's going to be an easy fight. Knockout first round. Uh, Josh Mayer, NFC 100, I'll, I'll, I'm coming for you, you know. You better be training hard. I hope he. I hope he hears this interview too. You better be training hard, man. I'm coming for you. I can guarantee second round knockout on you. So expect a lot more finishes from me. You know the headgear's finally off. The shin guards are going to be coming off soon. It's just going to make a more dangerous Jamar. This is only the beginning, Daniel. Guaranteed. Oh, Wait, I, I already know here. that Jamar. You guys haven't. I can promise you, you haven't seen nothing yet. Clearly, only eleven seconds. So. <laughs> 
Hey, Jamar. Games so, eleven seconds. Look, I know Sorry you got. You. I know you got this beef with Josh Mara. Look, this is a kid that went out there. He fought your brother Damian, and you know Damian was arguably up two rounds to nothing. It came down to the third round. It was his. It was his MMA debut. We all know the deal with the adrenaline dump. Josh Mara caught him. You know, props to Josh. He caught him with an armbar. I know that this is a fight you want. Talk to me about not just, you know, the matchup itself, but what it means to you to get a victory over a guy like Josh Mayer at NFC 100. Well, first off, this guy has, like, zero muscle definition. I'll throw him around just like my brother throw him around, you know? Um, he got extremely lucky against my brother. I mean, first off, if you guys don't call that a sucker punch that he hit him with in the third round, and I don't know what it is. He tried. He touched his glove and immediately punched him. You know, um, it's time to get that that payback for my brother. You know, I know my brother can easily beat him. You know, I mean, he was showing that for the whole fight. He just got caught because he wanted to throw a little sucker punch. You're not going to land that on me, buddy. Guaranteed, you try to throw a sucker a sucker punch on me, I'm going to slap you so hard, you won't throw another strike the entire fight. Guaranteed. I'll beat him down, Daniel, like you've never seen in the NFC cage before. So whenever he wants to accept that fight, let's get it. I'm ready. Look, Jamar, we spoke before Robert Whitaker fought Jacare, and you told me Robert Whitaker is not only going to win this fight, you said he's going to go out there and knock him out. And you were right, but now he's taking on the incredibly dangerous Yoel Romero. In my personal opinion, Jamar, this is the best fight of 2017. Who do you give the edge to, man? Daniel, everything I say comes to a reality. I said Robert was going to knock out Jacare. What happened? He knocked him out. I said I was going to knock out my opponent with a head kick in the first round. What happened? I knocked him out in the first round with a head kick. Robert Whitaker versus Yoel. Let's see. Um, I can't give you a method, but I can tell you who's going to win. Robert Whitaker is going to take it again, and this is why. Yoel is going to gas out eventually. I don't know which round it's going to be, but he's going to go for the kill. Robert's going to stay composed. And Yoel's going to gas out. Robert's going to take advantage of that. Watch my words. Mark my words. Guaranteed. This is what happens. All Robert right. Whitaker is going to be the new champion. One more. I need one more, Jamar. Mystic, uh, Mystic Whitehead, right? All right, look. Yeah, that's right. John Jones is taking on Daniel Cormier. Now, is this simply a case where Jones has DC's number, or do you think that DC can make the proper adjustments, go out there, and hand John Jones his first ever legitimate defeat? There are no adjustments that Daniel Cormier can make that will beat, that will make him beat John Jones. John Jones is just the superior athlete, the superior striker, and no, not the superior wrestler, wrestler, but this is an MMA fight, you know? He is definitely the superior MMA wrestler, you know what I mean? And it's going to show when they fight again, you know, he's... Daniel Cormier is not going to be able to take him down, and John Jones is just going to outstrike him, kind of like what happened in my fight. You know, it's just going to be another repeat. Well, look, Jamar, man, you're only 18 years old. The sky's the limit. Before I let you go, I need another prediction. When does Jamar Whitehead make his UFC debut? UFC debut. See, I'm 18 now. Give me by the time I'm 22. 22. I'll be in the UFC by the time I'm 22. Listen to what I'm saying. By the time. So if I'm in the UFC by the time I'm 20, hey, that's just how it's going to have to go. 
Yes, sir. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Well, Jamar, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's always a pleasure, my man. Let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you want to tell the fans. Go ahead. All right, guys. I'm I'm going for another fight against Calliston, waiting for him to, to accept it. August 4th. Stay tuned. If they can't fight, if he doesn't accept the fight, which he probably won't, uh, they'll find me somebody else. So, August 4th, center stage, be there. Uh, you guys can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram, ASVP, two underscores, F-U-E-G-O. Uh, Daniel, thank you for having me, man. It's, it's a great to be on the show again, third time. So, let's keep it going. Yes, sir. We're going to have you back on soon as always, and uh, hopefully I see you before that, my man. Sounds good, man. See you soon. All hopefully. right, brother. Take care, man. There you have it, folks. Rob Font and Jamar Whitehead. Thank you so much for checking out this very special edition of Half the Battle. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Go to bestfightpicks.com for the plays. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. Shaq and I will be back later this week to break down both UFC 213 and the Tough 25 finale. Plus, I'm dropping another episode with Kevin Lee and Brent Primus. So until the next time, let's cash these bets.